bright creatures of the night, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 98 of our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorio and I want to thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my co-host, my fellow creature of the night, the little oil hoochie himself, Mr. <laughs> Travis White. Travis, dude, this time... <laughs> this, uh... Go ahead. I may have lost the apple body argument, but I won the oil hoochie. Oh, body. you did, man. 100%. <laughs> But uh, I'm getting kind of sad, dude, because our time traveling motorcycle is, is about to run out of gas here. We're creeping towards the finish line for this biker taker era, and uh, I'm just glad we get to finish it off tonight covering uh, the, a fantastic match between Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon, because <laughs> that's, that's what we're talking about tonight, right? Uh, it seems like it, you know, because that just it permeates the entire eight weeks we're about to cover i mean it is just from top to bottom the mcmahon show kind of like it was back in 99 uh 2001 it's just the mcmahon show dude and you would think that that's the main event so i'd rather be watching the man show right now than the mcmahon <laughs> show dude and can you imagine that show trying to come on television now in this day no and age? <laughs> no i can't it would not make it that's what about the McMahon show? Stephanie on trampolines. Yeah. <laughs> now that, that, my friend, I can see Vince putting that on the network. Uh, Unfortunately. He <laughs> just heard about the man show. Someone just told him about it. Yeah. It would be his favorite show, without a doubt. Without Good question. Crap, pal. Without question. Stephanie on trampoline. <laughs> the credits roll. That's it. <laughs> oh, good times, man. I used to love watching that with my dad. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, enough about my weird family. Tonight we're talking about Vince McMahon's weird family. Unfortunately, like Travis said, it is going to overshadow everything that we're talking about tonight because we are going to talk about an Undertaker match. That's what we do here. We're talking about The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar from No Mercy 2003, taking a big leap up from second on the card against A-Train to get to the main event against Brock Lesnar. But not only is it unfortunately overshadowed by the McMahon family drama, it's also something called a biker chain match, which... (laughs) I think it's going to go down in the annals uh, along with the rest in peace match and the final curtain match as yes. stipulation matches that are just kind of WTF. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. And, uh, you know, we had a Russo Broman of the week last week, and we could almost pull another one out because of this match stipulation and how it's executed. And we'll get to that uh, later on. But, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a strange one. It's the you know, old... they say three's a magic number. You know, that's my favorite Blind Melon song. Uh, not No Rain, great. Not Soup, not Soul One. Those are all great songs, but three's a magic number is my favorite. And um, this would be their third singles outing. And I will say that, uh, I'm sorry, Shannon Hoon, but I think two was the magic number for Taker and Brock <laughs> back then, <laughs> not three. Um. Well, 
I don't have a transition for that, man, to be honest. You caught caught me off guard with Blind Melon there. But (laughs) let's just take a hard left turn before we we talk about 2003. And we keep having to do this, man. We keep having to interrupt our retro journey here to talk about 2019 because out of the blue or out of the black, out of the darkness, The Undertaker appeared on Monday Night Raw, a few days ago, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night, and this will go up Friday, so a few days ago by now, and not only did he return, but we found out he's going to be fighting on another pay-per-view, and this time he doesn't <laughs> yes. have to travel outside the country to do so, man. <laughs> <laughs> domestic pay-per-view, so he gets... Oh, oh, maybe he has his contract. Like he had to go overseas a couple of times. Who knows, man? But yeah, he gets to go... Uh, at the old Extreme Rules pay-per-view. So, um, yeah, it was very uh, out of nowhere. I mean, I didn't see one thing online earlier Monday. I didn't see, you know, old Meltzer leaking it to anyone. I didn't see anything, dude. And it just, I remember I'm watching it live on my iPad and uh, watched it and was just blown away. And I texted you. I was like, dude, Taker just came out of Raw. (laughs) It was insane. Insane. Yeah, I was sitting there not watching it, and then ended up on social media for the rest of the night, (laughs) trying to keep up with everything. I've seen the clips, obviously, uh, since then. Of course, we are talking about The Undertaker interrupting Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre, giving Shane McMahon not the best chokeslam I've ever seen, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) a chokeslam nonetheless, and now, well, Undertaker was saving Roman Reigns, and we're getting, this is just bonkers off the wall undertaker and roman reigns teaming together against shane yeah. mcmahon and drew mcintyre in 2019 that uh, someone on twitter put it perfectly this is like a wwe universe mode gone off the rails <laughs> man <laughs> like where else yes. would you have come up with this type of match right exactly man but dude what i've been saying for like i don't know half of our podcast about tag teams i've been saying Put, do something like this. Put Taker with somebody. He gets to bump half the time. Tag team specialist, Doesn't brother. Doesn't have to go. Yeah, tag team specialist. Put him with somebody. Go half the time. I mentioned the other week about him and Brock, him and Cena. You know, it's just, this is perfect. I would love for them to just run through the tag teams, too. <laughs> Roman Roman and Taker? Versus Great. Hawkins and Ryder? Yeah, sign me up. Dude. Versus the Revival? The Usos? Heavy Machinery? Heavy Machinery? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Can't believe we jinxed on heavy machinery. I'm ashamed. <laughs> well, it's. I also think it's really cool for Drew McIntyre, man. Yes. Like we've been saying, uh, we mentioned it after the Goldberg debacle that we'd love to see Taker if he's going to have a few more matches, mix it up with some young guys. I know we mentioned Samoa Joe. I don't even think we mentioned Drew mm-hmm. McIntyre, but I I'm really high on Drew McIntyre. I was back mm-hmm. in the day before he came back on this run, but I think it's awesome that even if it just is in there to get choke slammed and tombstone and take the pin, sure. it's cool for him to get the rub to be in there. I'm sure he never thought that would happen at this point in time. Uh, right. So uh, I think that's really cool and kind of weird timing, Travis, because you actually, even before we were going to bring this up, you had something to mention about Drew McIntyre before we got started tonight. Yeah, I did. I, w- I was going to talk about this on the podcast anyway and then uh this happens it's very strange taker came back out of nowhere so i listened to a drew mcintyre interview i think it was on sam roberts podcast a week or two ago and uh he talked about his original time in wwe and how taker pulled him aside and said 
you know, because Sam Roberts asked him, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? He said it was from Undertaker, and he pulled me aside. I was a young, you know, idiot thinking I was handed the world, you know, and I was blowing it. And uh, Taker pulled me aside and said, quit playing wrestler. And he said, mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant. He said, you're out there, and you're playing wrestler. You're too big of a fan. Get out of your own mind. Quit playing wrestler and mm-hmm. be a wrestler. And he said it clicked, he thought, but it didn't really click until he got fired and then went on the indies and then became Drew Galloway. And that, and then you can see the guy he is now is not the same Drew McIntyre he was 10 years ago. Right, He's yeah. a different guy. He's Drew Galloway that he was in the indies. He said, but now... And he's gotten that seal of approval that he's back. Taker's talked to him and said, you know, now you got it, boy. Like, you, you're you not playing wrestling anymore. So I thought that was really cool. And then, yeah, the timing, it just worked out. They're like, here he is. They're wrestling each other. So how cool is that, man? So. That's perfect. And just incredible advice, man, from, yeah. from the you – know, where else are you going to get that but from yeah. The Undertaker, man? And so many guys – I know they don't listen to our podcast, but nope. I, I hope they're hearing it from the man himself, from The Undertaker, yeah. and I hope they do take that to heart because that just – I mean, that sums up a lot of things. But yeah. anyway. Maybe you'll tell Shane that. <laughs> Shane is undefeated Shane in never. competition on pay-per-view this year. I'm sorry. He's only one of his losses a tag match, and he beat up Miz afterward, so it didn't even really matter. So, yeah, he's undefeated in singles competition on pay-per-view this year. <laughs> I hope he does win the WWE title. <laughs> that was rumored online, and everyone's yeah. losing their crap. I hope he does, man. He's, he's the best heel going right now. <laughs> Way better than Baron Corbin. Uh, but that's not that's not hard. That's not hard. No. Anyway, let's uh, enough about 2019. We'll of course talk about that match one day as our match list keeps growing. Yeah, oh, keeps rolling, man. rolling, rolling. Good lord! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're gonna roll back to August of 2003. Lost my place there. Forgot where we were. We're gonna take that time travel motorcycle back there. Strap in, folks. We got a full tank of gas to travel back there. We got a bit of a longer episode here tonight as we've got some more matches to cover more episodes of smackdown we had two months between pay-per-views so uh, we kept it short for a train last week but we're gonna ex- <laughs> have a bit more of an extended episode talking about brock lesnar tonight as we go to the night after SummerSlam. Uh, excuse me the smackdown after SummerSlam, august 28th 2003 undertaker has just defeated the a train but he got a run in from Sable and Stephanie McMahon is continues to be involved in all of McMahon's business. And Travis, why don't you pick up from there? Yeah, uh, I will, man. So this is Matt down 210, like you said, August 28th, uh, three Lesnar comes out for a promo. Um, and he's basically a big crybaby here. It's great, man. He's, uh, talking about how he, well, first of all, he tells the crowd to shut up and sit down, which, I, I wish you'd do that now. It's great. Yeah. Although I do love the new Brock Lesnar that does the Brock party thing with the he starts juking and jiving with his briefcase. He's fantastic. He's a lot more <laughs> similar to this Brock Lesnar. To this one, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, to the one we're talking about here. So uh, Lesnar says he's sick of people telling him he's tapped out. He says anywhere he goes, when he goes to the gym or he goes to the restaurant, people keep telling him you tapped out. And uh, of course, this cues the crowd to immediately chant this. So it's fantastic. You know, it's great. They do it the, the whole time, the whole time for this build. They're chanting, you tapped out to him. The whole time, and it's it's fantastic. But he's like, I'm sick of it. And he says this tap was a fluke, a barrage, or a miracle. He's not a quitter. It's the most embarrassing thing that happens to him his entire life. <laughs> so I don't know if he remembers. Uh, I guess he doesn't remember that um, shooting Star Press from Mania. 
So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> he wasn't there. But um, anyway, he demands a, a rematch with Angle and calls Angle out to the ring. And Kurt comes up on the Titantron and uh, talks about how ridiculous this is and puts over, you know, Brock being a good athlete and uh, starts swearing like a like a sailor, man. And uh, this is an angry, angry Angle, man. But uh, anyway, he's he's a uh, response to him. And before he can, uh, you know, do anything real big, uh, Taker rides out. We hear his music, and he rides out on a red, white, and blue motorcycle, dude. That's he's right. just full of Americana. He's got tassels on it, <laughs> like the Ultimate Warriors boots or something. <laughs> this is fantastic. Or maybe it's the Renegade. It could know. be. <laughs> I love the Renegade in WCW. But... Ooh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I did. I did. No. I did. Uh, I thought he was holding a warrior. But anyway, um, I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, he comes out and he gets in the ring. And Brock's not happy about this. But Taker says, you know, I, he says something that is going to validate something. I believe you mentioned a couple episodes ago. Uh, he just confirms uh, what you suspected. He says, you know. I was sitting back there on my bike. I couldn't help it over here. <laughs> he just had to rest. <laughs> just sitting in gorilla, gorilla position on his bike. Just got, boom, got, got it revved up. Got a big got fat his... shoe in. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, he watches the show. Yeah, he watches at the monitor. And he's like, ah, that's ridiculous. Got to go out there. Like... <laughs> he's he like a up. he's like a traffic cop, just waiting out there, like <laughs> watching everything go by, ready, ready to turn the lights on and go after somebody. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's a conscience that everybody can make That's sure everything's right. okay. So, he is. Yeah. Well, he uh, comes out, and he basically says that uh, Brock's not getting another title. He says, you had your chance, and you tapped out. And, of course, you tapped out. You tapped out. So uh, crowd's into that. Taker says Brock needs to worry about where he's trespassing. He's in his yard. And then Brock is so angry, he goes and kicks the bottom rope like a little petulant <laughs> child. I loved it, dude. It's just like a crybaby monster. It's fantastic. So... Uh, Taker's like, you know, I'll be glad to help you leave the yard. And then uh, we get, well, it's the big show. And uh, he comes sauntering out and uh, walks out there and says that he's inflicted more pain and suffering on Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, and Kurt Angle than anyone in the history of the WWE. So, which I don't know is true, but it definitely works for this era of SmackDown since 2002, the brand split probably. So, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's beaten two of them for the world title so that is true uh, that's a good point or one of them one two well just brock i don't know yeah we beat but brock but he battled kurt angle yes yeah. yeah so anyway um all right so angle's music hits and he comes out with his newly won title and he's like i don't care who i face you know i'd love to make uh brock tap again and says it would be an honor and a privilege to make the undertaker tap out in his own yard and Says Big Show has caused him more pain and suffering from his body odor alone. Which then Big Show, who's been supposed to be taken seriously since he came over to SmackDown. Remember, he took Taker out yeah. back in October. He's won the WWE title from Kurt Angle or from Brock Lesnar. No, the first guy to pin Brock Lesnar clean. Well, now, you know, he's done his tag team with A Train and all this. Upon this moment where Angle says his body odor, Big Show just looks down at his armpit and, like, sniffs it and, like, does a big, like, cartoonish eye roll. Like, yeah. just completely dis disappears, like, all his, like, clout he's built up. Exactly. It was so... Uh, I don't... I don't <sighs> know. Yeah. What a goof. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... Well, then, after this, right on cue, 
uh, to continue this really long segment. Ugh, never uh, ending. <laughs> yeah, Sultry Stephanie comes out and says she's going to settle this in a three-way match tonight. So she's not on the trampoline, though. So, but uh, <laughs> well, That would have saved everything, man. It's like Sin Cara. Was that Kalisto or Sin Cara? No, Sin Cara. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, it's typical. You got a main event triple threat for the number one contendership. Angles on commentary. Brock and Big Show are kind of teaming up against Taker for a bit, which you imagine, imagine would happen. But I just thought to myself, like, how is this not pay per view, man? Seriously, like, yeah, yeah. This is a big level. match, you know. Um, yeah, it really is. So um, anyway, we get. Um, I'm sorry, let's see. The, uh, later on in the match, uh, it kind of breaks down and Brock goes to Superplex Big Show, but, uh, you know, the, the uh, commentary is like, remember what happened last time, which would have been the ring exploded, but Taker actually stands up and hits a huge last ride on Brock Lesnar out of the Superplex position and pins him, pins Brock Lesnar to become a number one contender. So Brock Lesnar tapped out the night, or two nights before, or whatever, five nights before, and now he's getting pinned by Undertaker. So he's definitely going on a losing streak here. <laughs> Keep that in mind, folks, as we yeah. get to the road to this pay-per-view. Taker goes over <laughs> yep. every single time, um, just about. Uh, yep. Brock Lesnar gets nothing in during this build, and I guess that's yeah. the beginning of it right there. But That's, yeah. Uh, pretty good match there, and nice to see Undertaker getting boosted over the A-Train, not having yeah, to deal really. with that anymore. Dude. <laughs> Didn't get any love from the A train on social media this week. Like none. We had people sticking up for IRS back in the day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Not one person has stuck up for the A train. <laughs> no, rest. Rest my case. Yep. Our case is rested. It's over. It's over. Done. <laughs> case closed. Settled. Decided. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, mm. the next week, Undertaker's going to be getting his title shot. SmackDown two eleven, September fourth, two thousand three, and. The presentation all night long for this match is excellent. They give it a very sports-like feel here with a couple of backstage promos from Undertaker and Angle, but they're not... They're just both sitting backstage, sitting by themselves, uh, not talking to the camera, like talking to somebody off-screen, and it's each guy's promo is interspersed with, with other clips from their other matches, and they're talking about their history together... Uh, Undertaker puts Angle over as the best wrestler pound for pound in the world right now. and He is a legitimate Olympic world champion. In my opinion, pound for pound, he probably is the greatest wrestler alive right now. And that WWE title that he wears says that he is. And I have to respect Kurt Angle for that. But the thing that I respect more is that WWE title. Kurt Angle, what you need to realize, even if you do remotely get a chance to put the ankle lock on me, I will let you break my ankle before I tap. Are you willing to do the same? He's saying he's he's not going down tonight. He's not leaving without that championship. So excellent work from Taker. Angle gives a very similar one, just talking about respect. Like we we've got two baby faces here, and this is how you want to build up a good baby face match, in my opinion. Uh, oh treat, yeah, especially with these two guys. And it felt do. very like what one time you see this nowadays would be in NXT. You don't see this on the main mm-hmm. roster anymore. But oh, this is no, perfect no, like no, no. NXT build up stuff. And they do a whole tale of a tape uh, beforehand, which they used to do on SmackDown back in the day. And man, 
Everybody go out of your way to watch this match. I think it was the best match they've ever had up to this point, and they've had some good Probably. ones. Probably, yeah. Uh, I think all their matches have progressively gotten better, and this was my favorite. It's very, very long. It takes up a huge chunk of the episode, and the finishing sequence, well, almost finishing sequence, is <laughs> I thought it was incredible, man. They're just trading submissions. It was like an MMA fight as they go back and forth, ankle lock into an arm bar, into an ankle lock, into that triangle choke, and it's just, it's beautiful, man. It's so well done. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. There's, I think Angle slaps on a total of five ankle locks throughout the match, like at least attempts and stuff. It's very, very, like you said, MMA-style submission stuff. Yeah, if you are out there... You're probably not if you're listening to this podcast, but if you think The Undertaker is just the dead guy and doesn't know how to wrestle and just does this big man stuff, go watch this. It's, it's mm-hmm. Obviously, he's in there with Kurt Angle, one of the best of all time, but he's holding his own right in there with him. Um, I keep uh, To me, I felt like this match could have fit right in in 2019. Man, that's the biggest compliment I oh, can give yeah. it. It would have fit on NXT or... Uh, AEW, New Japan, I, I thought it was on that same level as some of those matches. Oh, absolutely. I could see this one on TakeOver or, yeah, uh, New Japan match or for sure, man. It would have been fantastic. crowd would be so into this. So good. Only problem was the finish, but it, it's obviously leading to something here, So and it's on TV, so I'm cool with it. Yeah. Rock Lesnar runs in before Undertaker can get the pin on Kurt Angle after a last ride and nails... Undertaker with a chair to get the disqualification. And then Brock goes crazy. He hits Kurt some, smashes Undertaker's ankle with the chair, hits Angle with the WWE title. He's just putting all the attention on himself. He's the heel. He's the crybaby. He's the bad guy. And he wants to stand tall over these guys. He wants to win the title back from Kurt Angle, not from the Undertaker. So it all makes sense. It's all logical and it's all leading to somewhere. So I'm okay with that, even though it cost us a clean finish. And during the break, uh, we come back from the break, and we see Undertaker you know, being humanized yet again. He collapses mm-hmm. backstage from uh, the brutal match and the brutal attack, and but he's just refusing medical attention from the referees. And dude, 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 Michael Hayes, Dr. Hayes back there. <laughs> Michael P.S. Hayes, M.D. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, you know, he's selling the injuries really well. Angle's selling the injuries, and... We're obviously leading to a lot of different things coming out of that. Yeah, we definitely are. And this is one of those things that the problem when you have eight weeks in between shows is that it's, it's like it's a good thing. You get breathing room and time to tell stories, but you got to give some of these pay-per-view quality matches on the shows to make it make people still care, you know. So it's, not, it's a good problem to have. But, that, I mean, I was, as a fan, I was all over this stuff back then, you know. I, I oh, love absolutely. breaks between pay-per-views nowadays. And there's going to be so, pay-per-view well, quality matches the next couple weeks, too. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. So, yeah, that makes it to SmackDown 212 on September 11th, uh, 2003. So, two years after the, the live, uh, well, the, I guess they had a live SmackDown after the 9-11. It was right. supposed to be taped on. So, anyway, we don't have a <clears throat> Undertaker tonight as he's selling that beating from last week, <clears throat> a.k.a. only works twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> Middle-aged ministry benefits, man. <laughs> That's right, baby. But uh, this is the episode where we get um, Eddie Guerrero versus John Cena in that parking lot brawl. Really cool. With all the – yeah, really cool. Like, I remember it It felt like a big deal back then, you know. And even I went back and watched some of it this time, too, and it was really just unique and neat. And uh, 
definitely a star making. We keep saying that about Cena. He has these star making, you know, uh, occurrences or opportunities, and this was another one with a guy like Eddie Guerrero to be able to hang and have this. It was it was excellent. But there is uh, something else that I will, I'm gonna let you talk about here because uh, I actually skipped it in my my when I was reviewing it. But um, I want you to go ahead and talk about this because uh, it actually does help us build toward the long end game here, which is Vince and, and Taker. So, well, there's just a quick mention of Undertaker because there's a backstage segment with. Vince McMahon, Sable, Brock Lesnar, Stephanie McMahon, and the world's largest vice principal, the big show, in his full <laughs> business suit. Business <laughs> regalia. Yeah. And uh, I just brought it up because this version of Brock, like we, you talked about him earlier, he's quickly becoming my favorite Brock. I, uh, You probably don't remember it, some of you guys out there, just thinking of Brock as the guy who dances around behind Paul Heyman, but... This heel Lesnar, where he's kind of a crybaby, and he's sarcastic and, and funny and cocky, but it's great. Brock, like mm-hmm. I forgot that Brock Lesnar could actually pull this stuff off, because we kind of think of him as not being able to do this stuff, but he's hilarious in this segment. Yeah, he, I went back and watched it later. He is hilarious. And you know the reason we don't like it, we don't think about it now, is because the one time he tried it since he came back seven years ago, he blew it hard. It flops, yeah. It flops they, so hard. And they were like, oh, let him do it anymore. get Heyman back. Yep. So, yeah. But basically, Steph is just chewing out Vince McMahon and Brock backstage, making fun of Brock for tapping out, and Brock just gives off this hilarious laugh. Yeah. What were you saying? I was saying, um... Isn't Brock Lesnar the guy who tapped out to Kurt Angle? <laughs> Brock Lesnar's the guy that's going to beat Kurt Angle next week in the Iron Man match, and that will declare me the new three-time WWE champion. So Brock gets all cocky, says he wants a tune-up match tonight against Kurt Angle, Undertaker, and Zach Gowan in a, in a three-on-one <laughs> handicap match. And then... Vince and Big Show and Sable are all just like, oh my god, what? What are you saying? And Stephanie just like rolls her eyes at him and is like, none of those guys are here tonight. <laughs> and Brock's like, okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, he, he goes through his history with everyone in the room, say, talking about how he fought Vince McMahon, how he fought uh, Big Show. And then he starts flirting with Sable backstage. Ooh. So maybe you can attribute Undertaker not being there to Brock Lesnar and Sable starting their relationship. Another thing we can credit the Undertaker for. Not only can we, we will. <laughs> Add it that. to the list. Add it to the list of important uh, professional wrestling events that Undertaker has been the catalyst for. It's right so, up there, man. Yeah. Uh, well, Brock, since he's had all this history with all these other people, he decides... The only person left for him to have a match tonight against is Stephanie McMahon. Uh, much like he fought, um, much like the A-Train fought Stephanie McMahon on last week's show. And Vince, of course, loves this idea and says, Stephanie, you have to fight Brock, uh, but, and the only way out is if you decide to step down as SmackDown general manager. There you go. And that's... It's going to play in the rest of this build and uh, pretty much take the cake from uh, the main event scene right yeah. there. So, But one more thing I want to mention about this episode of SmackDown. It was unique in that it was only 90 minutes here in the United States. We got uh, a 90-minute episode. Those of you lucky enough to be outside the United States, you got to actually see the Brock versus Angle SummerSlam match in its entirety. Wow. They attacked it treat. on there. 
Yeah, but here in the States, we got a 90-minute episode because uh, the television channel it was on, UPN, had to debut a fantastic show in the same vein as Gary and Mike we've talked about on here, but this show is called The Mullets. Mm, what a treat! <laughs> it was a treat. <laughs> Actor you and I actually knew from the Joe Schmo show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name. But, uh, man, actually, you would think... You would think this would make a pretty good pairing to go along with wrestling. I would think. The <laughs> I would, mullets? I, Come on. I would have thought maybe about a decade earlier. Mm. <laughs> about 93. It was no, great, uh, so. no Gary and Mike, I'll tell you that. It wasn't. What you doing? Well, anyway, yeah. as if we could top the mullets, SmackDown's going to come back the next week in full two-hour form on uh, episode 213 September 18th, you got to take it one level above the mullets, so we're going to get a huge, classic Iron Man match between Mm. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle for the first time ever on free television. Man, absolutely classic. If you've never seen this one, you got to go out of your way, take an hour of your time to go watch this one. I think it's honestly, I think it's the best match in SmackDown history. I think even still, I think it's slept on a little bit. I, I just don't think people talk about it enough. I, I think it's five star match. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, this match, or maybe that two out of three falls. Uh, well, who is it? The Guerreros or the Edge and Edge and Ray versus Benoit Angle? Yeah, I, either I, I, one I of this those. One above it. I, th- I think this one's better though. But yeah, those are probably the two of the best SmackDown matches ever. But um, this one this is probably my favorite SmackDown match. I love this match. Oh, man, it's so good. Go out of your way to watch it. We're not talking Brock or talking Angle, but we're talking Taker, but go back and watch this. Do yourselves a huge favor. And it'll take less than an hour because the commercial breaks. Back. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Although on the one of Brock Lesnar's DVDs, it has the full match with the footage from the commercial breaks mm, on there. Sweet. So you see the whole hour. So uh, if you have that or if you have a way to find that, you can probably find it on the uh, on a streaming site or something like that, I'm sure out there. But that's it's cool to see. You can actually see the entire match, um, and that was I watched that a few years ago. It was neat to see on there. But Undertaker yet again, he is at SmackDown, but he takes the night off. Sort of. Uh, we do see him briefly during a little cold open intro for the show as Vince is talking straight to the camera, putting over this huge Iron Man match tonight, and Big Evil interrupts the shot. He pops into screen and. He's so big and tall that camera has to pan up to see him out there. Nice <laughs> yeah. little touch. But uh, Vince McMahon is scared, obviously, but Taker promises Vince he's not going to interfere tonight because he has too much respect for the WWE Championship. But he does know that Vince sent Brock after him two weeks ago after that match with Angle. And you know me well enough, Vince. I don't forgive. And I sure don't forget. Important words to remember. Yeah, that's like his new thing he's going to start saying here. Oh, I don't forgive and I sure don't forget. He makes good on his word and does not interfere in that main event where Brock Lesnar ends up winning the WWE Championship. So that is a, an important thing to note on here. And uh, I will also note that John Cena had another very disturbing freestyle promo on this episode, but <laughs> he also had on some sweet Atlanta Braves throwback gear, which no I doubt. popped for, man. No doubt, man. He's He, he definitely had the style back then. 
Except for his shoes. He wears <laughs> Brave stuff this week, and then he wears Atlanta Hawks stuff the next week, and I have no idea why. For he was a big well, Atlanta that, fan like for a, two weeks in a row. Was it a team there? The, uh, the hometown team was feuding with maybe at the time or something? Well, there wouldn't have been basketball on September 20th. No, no not yet? in September. No. no, there wouldn't have been basketball. And the Braves weren't in the playoffs at that point, um, I don't think. They might have been in the playoffs at that point. Maybe? Okay. But, yeah, it was a odd choice, but I was a fan of yeah. them, man. They looked yeah. good. Yeah, good stuff, man. Well, that takes us to SmackDown 214 on September 25th, 2003. We get um, Vince's got a celebration for Brock tonight, but uh, Kurt Angle comes out and interrupts, and he's ready to kick Brock's butt, but John Cena interrupts, and he's got, a, like you said, the throwback Hawks jersey on. And um, <clears throat> Later on, like I said, the main event segment is this, Vin- is this Vincent Man celebration for, for Brock Lesnar, so... Vince and Sable, which is, as we mentioned, the future Mrs. Lesnar, come so out. Weird. So yeah, weird. Yeah, it is very strange. <laughs> come out there to present the WWF title to Brock, and Brock comes out, and Vince puts him over and congratulates him, and crowd immediately starts in with a You Tapped Out chant, which is just perfect heel heat stuff. So it's great. So Brock thanks Vince for reminding him who the real Brock Lesnar is, and then uh, he tells the crowd just, so deal with it. So <laughs> I just love it. His new catchphrase. Yells at the crowd, yeah. Sit down, shut up, deal with it. It's great. Well, um, he's going to tell Angle that uh, he had him in the palm of his hand for the Iron Man match, and he put himself over. Uh, so a little bit more here as he goes on and on and on and on, and then Taker rides out, and he's got a new, well, to me, I, I don't remember seeing it. It's a Worldwide Evil shirt. Got that creepy skeleton like Grim Reaper on it. I think this was the debut of that. So He's got that merch money coming in, baby. Uh, yeah, man, cashing <laughs> the merch checks. And new stuff all all over the place. So wonderful, Turco had that shirt. So I'm sure we'll see it on uh, social media here soon. Uh, if he wouldn't did, be so. shocked, man. <laughs> Dude, no. I was uh, watching this episode with with my wife Kate in the room, and <laughs> so when when Undertaker rides out, I believe this is a direct quote. She said, "This is the hottest I've ever seen Undertaker." Oh my! <laughs> I said, excuse me. Oh, she says something about him on that bike. <laughs> oh man, was he on the Clemson bike? No, no, no. She oh, has man. never indicated any sort of attraction to men on motorcycles before. But hey. something about Big Evil on the bike, man, <laughs> did it for. Her. <laughs> yeah, she. I haven't never known her to to go after nah. a biker. Nah, so. revved her engines yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, it did. The words of Bruce Springsteen, strap your hands across my engines. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, well, I'm so lost now. I'm <laughs> sorry. So, I had to well, note it's fine. that. It's fine. So, um, yeah, well, like I said, Taker comes out, and he's uh, on the mic, and he's telling Vince, you know, I told you I wouldn't interfere last week. I got too much respect for the title, but uh, he then basically dares Brock to step to him and says, I don't respect you, and he gets nose-to-nose with Brock. And uh, he says he's going to let it slide that Brock ruined his title shot the other week. But he says, just remember, I don't forget, and I don't forgive. So, still bringing that catchphrase back from last Get week. That over. Oh, yeah. And uh, he says he has some advice for Brock Lesnar. Now, I got a little bit of advice for you. You need to take that belt and enjoy it. Hang on to it real tight. Hell, if I was you, I might even sleep with it. Because your first title defense 
is against me. What? Whoa! Whoa! He says, you got a date with a dead man. And Vince is like, a pause. What? What? By whose authority are you going to face Brock Lesnar? And then, of course, cue Stephanie McMahon. I'm all grown up. <laughs> is that what her song says? Yeah. <laughs> I choose not to listen to it uh, every time. So, um, yeah, she, all grown up, Stephanie Princess comes out. And uh, Taker actually tries to hold the ropes open for her, but she's got a skirt on. She, like, nut, like acknowledges him like nuts. They gotta go low. Or gotta go lower. <laughs> he pulls him up, and she goes down between the bottom of the bottom rope. Mm, does she <laughs> yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she gets in the ring. She's like, <laughs> "On my authority, Dad," and uh, tells us that at no mercy, it's Brock versus Taker for the WWE title. And then Vince is like, "I'm gonna give you an opportunity to change your mind, and if you don't, you are also gonna be in a match at No Mercy, the first ever father-daughter match in WWE history." Um, yep and uh, she says well I'm not changing my mind so now we're going to have two matches made for No Mercy one being Taker vs. Brock for the title and one being Vince vs. Stephanie in No Mercy in an I Quit match so um, Vince calls her the B word which was his word of the month if you will months ago and uh, but Taker goes to grab his hand as he goes to slap her or something and then Brock attacks Taker uh, coming to Vince's aid I guess his knight in shining armor right and then Taker nails Brock Lesnar with a huge choke slam in the middle of the ring and poses with a title. Guys, the show goes off the air. So once again, the babyface stands tall over the over the heel again. Keep and, track uh, of that, folks. Yeah, keep track of that. So uh, it all connects together logically. It all it makes sense. It's been it's following the plot lines they've been doing, but uh, I don't think anyone in the entire arena, uh, throwbacks, Hawks jersey or not, I don't think anybody <laughs> wanted to see this. Um, but it does connect to the backstory, like of Vince and Taker and Stephanie from '99, and with the whole abduction and, like you said, <laughs> it was his child bride and all that. It's like I don't know that anybody else is thinking about that, but we've been going through it with, you know, under yeah. a microscope. It's kind of weird. It's, uh, it's weird. I mean, and you're right. Dude, literally, no one is dying to see mm. Vince and Stephanie, besides Vince and Stephanie. Oh, yeah. They're the only ones who want to have this match. Uh, and let's get it straight here. Rock and Taker is going to be for the championship, and it will end up going on last at No Mercy, but it is not the main event of nope. No Mercy, according to television and according mm-hmm. to what takes the focus of all the build. Yeah. And it is going to literally tie into all of Undertaker and Brock's stuff and overshadow all of Undertaker and Brock's stuff, as we will see here. As we continue on... uh, As we continue on to SmackDown 215, October 2nd, 2003, and this is an important one because we see a little video package that WrestleMania Twig... (laughs) WrestleMania (laughs) 20... (laughs) WrestleMania (laughs) Twiggets... WrestleMania uh, 20 tickets uh, go on sale this week, and uh, they quickly sell out. And I'm sure you and I back then were watching that, thinking, "Ah, man, I wish we could go to that. I wish we could find a way to make that happen." If only we could go to the Garden if for WrestleMania 20. Only two high school kids from Augusta, Georgia, could figure out a way to make it there. A little foreshadowing, folks. We'll dun, talk dun, about dun. that soon. Yeah. <laughs> Later on in the night, Vince and Sable come out for promo time. Stephanie comes out as well. and uh, Long back and forth in the ring between each other. Vince is going to give Stephanie another chance to take back her um, 
match that she made between Brock and Taker, giving her a chance to quit as the general manager of SmackDown. Stephanie says she won't do it now, not ever. And Vince says he's going to make her quit because it'll be an I quit match. And if she loses, she'll actually have to quit as the general manager, blah, 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 blah. Soap <laughs> opera stuff between the McMahons. Uh, it's the, the highlight of all this is Vince body slamming Stephanie in a beautiful <laughs> father-daughter moment. Uh, you got to love. I'm sure, Travis, you can't wait till the first time you body slam your newborn daughter. For sure, you've been thinking about it. I love you, honey. Boom! Yeah, body slam. <laughs> Golly, who does this? Even on the TV show, it's the daughter. so <laughs> bizarre and disgusting and just <laughs> terrible. But uh, he's about to inflict even more damage, so the conscience of the WWE runs out to save Stephanie, knocks Vince down with one shot, which is I always appreciate. Oh, yeah. And, uh, as he's about to chokeslam Vince. suit bone. Yeah. Uh, Brock runs out, and he eats a big boot from the Undertaker, so... Brock goes down. Undertaker ends up on top yet again. Uh, and Vince and Sable and Brock run away. Uh, I will say Taker got a huge reaction when he comes out. And like I said, mm-hmm. I love seeing Taker beat up Vince. Uh, never gets old. But nope. this storyline sucks, brother. Mm, yes, it does. It does suck. Not quite as bad as something else, though, that's going on at the same time. You mean Eddie Guerrero feeding Big Show uh, laxative-laced burritos and Big Show having diarrhea in the middle of his match and having to run to the back? I do mean that. Oh, okay. That's precisely what I meant. Oh, you read my mind. Dude. Hashtag poor Big Show. The, I remember at the time thinking how stupid that was. Um, and, yeah, it was. Uh, and it sucks to watch it over and over again. But like I said, Big Show's gone from – the guy who, the first guy ever to defeat Brock Lesnar to pooping in his pants in the ring <laughs> within like <laughs> less than a year, within well, nine months. He also got peed on by uh, William Regal. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this iteration of his heels. Yeah, history, you're right. Yeah. Big Show to take seriously. was also the first guy to ever have his pump card pulled, I believe. Mm, yes, he was. <laughs> he was. Uh, anyway, the main event of the night is a pretty cool main event. Kurt Angle yeah. and Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar and John Cena. If you want to talk about Mount Rushmore of the Ruthless Golly. Aggression era right here, yeah. that might be it right there. That is it, yeah. Everybody gets their full entrances, and it kind of takes forever to get started, <laughs> and it's a long tag match, but it's cool. Everybody hits their greatest hits. A lot of good stuff in here from the tag team specialist, but... He ends up losing, his team does anyway, as John Cena gets his steel chain, not a biker chain, uh, but his uh, steel chain to steal the win over Kurt Angle. Cheats to win right there. Uh, Brock's going to end up attacking Taker after the match. Goes up to give him the F5 after they brawl around on the outside. Uh, but Taker wiggles out, gives Brock another huge choke slam, Pat Patterson-style <laughs> choke slam, man. Brock goes up huge. I love it. Dude, he... I cannot put over how much he gets into the. He gets high. Whenever Taker like clotheslines him over the top rope, he flies out of the ring, yes. man. He yes. flies out. He goes up high. He bounces off the mats for some of these choke slams. He is, he is awesome, man. <laughs> I love it. He sells huge for Taker. It's great. Yeah. But one again, yes again, Taker <laughs> absolutely dominating Brock is the last man standing every time they have any interaction here. Yeah, and you know what? It's weird because. 
it, in today's day and age of wrestling, this is a big thing we see. I've talked about it on here before. We see the babyface stand tall all the mm-hmm. time. The heel gets heat, but then to send the crowd home happy, the babyface gets the shine right at the end of there. Gets a, a babyface ones are getting heat, which is backwards. Um, but like, it's more of like TV shows now or house shows. They don't really tell a story. But um, I didn't realize how much that was going on back then, man. I had no idea. But like, just seriously, every time these two interact. Brock gets his heel heat, but then the show has to go off with Taker getting the getting his receipt right back. It's just it's doesn't make sense. No, in the long run, it's unusual for this period. Yeah, time. that's yeah. why I noticed it so yeah, much. Exactly, because it, this never happens, and it's no. so obviously telegraphing the finish of the pay per view too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, well, that'll take us to SmackDown two sixteen on um, October 9th. 2003, we get a video uh, recap from last week of Vince slamming Stephanie that completely edits off any footage of Taker or Brock Lesnar or anything. None of their interaction is there at all. So, once again, like you said, it is just the Vince and Stephanie show. Yeah. The McMahon, the McMahon show. <laughs> just being shoved down <laughs> I wish. <their> throats. <laughs> Why have they never thought of that? Well, um, we do get a return of. <laughs> <laughs> the most electrifying woman in sports entertainment, <laughs> Robo McMahon, <laughs> Linda. She comes, and we get 20 minutes of Vince, uh, Linda, Stephanie, and Sable. Uh, and I can't name one person in my life that possibly cared about this. Seriously. Um, do this at home, guys. <laughs> Not on TV. Yeah. Now, the best part about this, though, is Linda's infamous music. Is the whole WrestleMania song. Absolutely. <laughs> so 80s is awesome yeah so good well Taker rides down to the ring and we see a recap from the last two weeks where he has manhandled Brock which I think um, Cole even says that Chokes him through the ring or in the ring and through the table and uh, Taker's like you know it looks like Vince is starting to get nervous here you know he says you know come no mercy I'm going to take this I'm going to take his boy I'm going to break him down because he's so nervous he's sending the FBI out here to soften me up and we know this same old song and dance. It's not going to go well. Send the FBI. Out. Vince didn't watch SmackDown earlier this year, apparently. <laughs> well, maybe he's supposed to send the actual like Federal Bureau of Investigation. He called the wrong number. <laughs> yeah, he called the wrong FBI. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Dang well, it, anyway. pal. God dang it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so the FBI is going to come out, but uh, Taker says. Um, you know, you don't last long around here without a little help from your friends. And he invites the FBI to meet his best friend and pulls a biker chain out from under his shirt around his neck. So, and ladies and gentlemen, a biker chain is the same thing that John Cena wears, just longer. Right. It's just a longer chain. Yep. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all it is. <laughs> well, we know because we saw Kane and Triple H have that match. Uh, didn't they have a biker chain match? Was it called a biker chain match? Or was it just a chain match? I honestly don't remember. Remember they had something. They remember did. Kane. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Though, but Taker we had his chain, that. and he had the, yeah. the old equalizer, as he called it back then. Yeah. And Kane. Maybe they didn't have. Maybe they. I don't know. Anyway, it wasn't a biker chain match. This is the first ever we're going to get to here. But Taker takes on Chucky P uh, in a rivalry renewed man from mm. earlier in the year. Yes. Winds up winning with a choke slam. We won't go into it too much here, but oh. immediately after. Brock just comes in like a bat out of Hades and just poof, immediately close on Taker, man. I have no idea where he was hiding, but he was in there immediately. And then he and his friends, the FBI, started slaying the boots of Taker. 
And then Brock goes to grab a chair, and then ta- Taker grabs his biker chain and nails Stamboli, nails Nunzio, um, misses Palumbo, turns around, Brock swinging the chair, and Na- Taker just nails the chair with the biker chain. Just yes. boom, just whips it right into him like he's, uh, I don't know, uh, Indiana Jones or something with his chain. And um, it is great, man. Wait, it's fantastic. Who did you actually compare him to in your notes? Huh? Who did you actually compare him to in oh, your notes? Oh, actually, my notes, yeah, I said that Undertaker swings his chain like he's Keto from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fantastic scene, man, when Keto takes on the guys. When the turtles come in there, he's, he's got the nunchucks. So, uh, that's, that's definitely what they referenced here, yeah, for sure. <laughs> in my mind, that's what I saw. I saw Keto. So, anyway, um, Brock's a little shaken up, but he, once again, Taker's got the... Uh, the one up on him, man. Got the drop on him. So on four guys at this point, four guys could not take Undertaker down. <laughs> it's, it's Superman. Like, it's out of control. We obviously love Undertaker here on this show, but we got to call it when we see it, man. Oh, Wait, yeah, this, this is, is ridiculous. A, <laughs> you want to talk about Super Cena back in like two thousand six, seven, eight, nine? This is Super Taker. Uh, yeah. This guy's unbeatable, man. It's out of control. So. Um, well, we're going to see another debut here. You know, we've seen a couple debuts here. We talked about SmackDown, the land of opportunity. Some of them not so good, like Shaniqua and the, the Baldo brothers, or whatever they're called, the Bashams. <laughs> Sockham, Basham, Rock'em, Sockham brothers, whatever they were. One but we're going to get to next week, too. Also that, it. Well, right here we get a good one. We get Paul London. He uh, debuts, well, excuse me, mm. re, re-debuts, because we right. actually covered him <clears throat> in the WrestleMania 18 episode. I think he was an extra, wasn't he? He was. He was oh. the one who got Ric Flair arrested for yeah. punching him in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, he makes his actual debut as himself here and uh, interrupts Vince McMahon talking to Sable and asks for an opportunity. And Vince is like, you know, long story short, Vince is like, I'll give you a WWE title match to try out against Brock Lesnar tonight. So that's just crazy to get it that is. on your first night. Yeah, right? Yeah. And then later on, we see Taker walking out of Stephanie's office with his chain around his neck, like he's, I don't know, like, let your chain hang low. And he's cackling and, not cackling, he's laughing and smiling, kind of smirking on his face. So we know something's up. I mean, never mind, I won't go into it. Anyway. You got a special McMahon show. Some kind of favor uh, is coming his way, maybe, if it hasn't already. So um, we get Brock, Brock versus poor Paul London. And uh, before the match even starts, Brock uh, clotheslines him, and it's almost like uh, like Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like your soul is mine, oh. and his soul just leaves his body. He did you know like what? three it's, flips off this clothesline. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the ancient one in uh, in uh, Doctor Strange, where she hits him in the chest, and his body goes out of there. This is one hundred percent what exactly. it was. <laughs> Brock Lesnar is the ancient one. <laughs> Paul and soul leaves his body, oh, does three backflips, and comes back. It is out of control. <laughs> so, well, uh, Brock Lesnar is absolutely murdering this guy. I mean, he's in fact, Michael Cole calls it an execution. So, oh yeah, it's like you, us playing with your old wrestling dummy. <laughs> yes, it's, it's exactly what it's like. Exactly like that. So he winds up getting the pin after an F five, and um, <clears throat> after that, he's trying to beat him up some more. And trying to do that F5 into the ring post. But uh, Spanky is going to come out and make the save. <laughs> and here we get the, the dawning of a new tag team. That's yeah. going to be one of the longest running, if not the longest running tag team champions on SmackDown. That's I can't so remember. Weird. Yeah, it is weird. 
Um, so yes, Spanky comes out for the save, and Brock just takes it to him as well. So <laughs> uh, takes it to him, and then Undertaker walks out. And uh, you have he came out to Brock's music. Well, Brock's music that, was, Brock playing, was playing, I guess, because okay. he was leaving. And you, yeah. I mean, it, it just felt weird because normally yeah. when someone comes out, their music plays. But yeah. Undertaker just strolls out as Brock's music was playing. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, he's just jumping in line there. So he's uh, says he's sorry he came out and spoiled the fun, and tells Brock that you know I got friends in high places. I don't think that's the song though. I think it's friends in low places. If I'm not sure, it's the B side. Yeah, B side. So. He says he just left Stephanie's office. He's got some changes for No Mercy, and it's still me and you for the title, but now it's a biker chain match. But now, the championship match is a biker chain match. Oh my God, it's a biker chain match. Crowd goes mild. <laughs> yeah, it's a biker chain match. Oh, wait, this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what that means. No, in fact, Michael Cole and Taz are like, "Oh, all right, <laughs> biker chain match." Biker I mean, chain match. What? Yeah, clean that up in like post production and edited that out. But yeah, they have no idea whatever that means. So should have been a uh, typewriter match, Cole. <laughs> a walk. A walk. Walk on a pole. Walk a walk a walk a. We got no explanation, but I cannot wait till we get the explanation. Oh, we cannot wait. Well, we're finally at the go-home show for No Mercy, SmackDown, October 16th, 2003, episode 217. We'll learn about this biker chain match here in a minute. But first we find out at the beginning of the show that uh, Mr. McMahon's favorite juggie, Stephanie, has been banned from SmackDown tonight <laughs> by his own hand. <laughs> I never watch that show. (laughs) I think I've seen every episode. (laughs) But she's not going to be here, even though it's her final night as the general manager. And, you know, it's the talk of the show between everybody backstage. That we even see Jamie Noble and backstage uh, at catering with Nydia talking about how he actually hopes that Stephanie beats Vince on Sunday because he prefers her as the general manager. And then our old buddy Tajiri overhears that, and he goes and stooges to Mr. McMahon, telling him what Jamie Noble said. English, please. (laughs) He did. He spoke English. And uh, Mr. McMahon makes a match between Noble and Tajiri because of this. Uh, It all leads to Tajiri misting Nydia in the face, blinding her, which becomes a big storyline, and Noble's so upset, he comes storming back out after the match and saying he wants to fight Tajiri again, and he runs back up the aisle, and the whole reason I'm telling you this is because he gets run over by Brock Lesnar on the way out, who beats down Noble, punishes him, and that brings out Vince and Sable because Brock is Vince's B.O.Y. boy, and yeah, it's a whole thing with them, just once again making Brock look strong because I guess he can't look strong over Undertaker at any point during this. This be a ring of honor, <laughs> guys, basically. Crew 205 Live, guys. That's right. Yeah. Well, one guy I wish he would have beaten up is <laughs> the guy who's about to show up backstage. <laughs> who's going to have future with The Undertaker. That's why we had to mention this here. Oh, my word. I forgot this guy debuted the same year as Nathan Jones. <laughs> oh, it's a rough year, man. And Orlando Jordan. Oh, dang. 
Gambit. On the one hand, you got Orton and Cena and Les. <laughs> well, they were last Les, year. Never yeah. mind. Uh, Brian Kendrick, yeah, 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 yeah. Paul London, these guys, and Hayden, Hayden Reich. <laughs> he walks up into the parking lot backstage where Matt Hardy and Shannon Moore are talking, and he's got a tape. He wants Matt to pass along to the higher ups so that he can get a job. Uh, you know, so he can provide for him and little Johnny. He keeps talking about whatever that's talking about. Not, not Johnny Ace, I don't think, but. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt promises, he says, you know, it's kind of a weird time right now because we don't know who the general manager is going to be, but I'll do what I can and I'll pass your tape along. And Heidenreich thanks him and walks away and Matt does the absolute right thing here. <laughs> he tosses Heidenreich's tape straight into the garbage. <laughs> I've never been a bigger fan of Matt Hardy than I was right here. Put him in the Hall of Fame for that right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's doing these videos on social media right now for in real life about you don't know how hard it is to be Matt Hardy and this is one he could talk about. He could say you don't know how hard it is to deal with Hyde. Deal with this on this first night. uh, Well, another thing that happens on the SmackDown that I want to point out that doesn't have to do with Lesnar and Taker, but it kind of you okay? Yes. (laughs) What you're about to talk about? I'm sick. (laughs) You're sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big Show and Eddie Guerrero, their feud continuing on. They have this... Big Show's been looked like a goof this whole time. Right. But he finally ends up getting some comeuppance on Eddie Guerrero on this night. He has a very, very long beatdown of Eddie. He destroys Eddie's lowrider. He throws Eddie into the lowrider. He breaks the windows. He gets... Eddie all bloody from on his back from throwing him into the glass and it's a very intense strong segment it it make, makes up for all the literal crap that Big Show's been through yeah the week before he got poop put on him that's <laughs> yes. why I thought we were hitting that here I forgot yeah. no that was the week before we've already been through the crap yeah but that happens on this episode of Smackdown like 20 minutes before what we're gonna get to and I just I just wanna point that out cause I think it plays into what we're about to get to here yeah so keep that in you're mind you're right <clears throat> Uh, speaking of crap, Undertaker's going to give a backstage promo, getting interviewed by the investigative journalist Michael Cole, who's trying to figure out what the heck a biker chain is. All right, folks. Oh. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> Taker's sarcastically saying, oh, yeah, it's real complicated, Cole. There are no rules in a biker chain match. And then he goes on to explain the rules <laughs> of the biker chain match, yeah, for which exactly. there are no rules. We're not going to be linked together, and we're not going to enter the ring with a chain of peace. It's plain and simple. It's the oldest form of combat. Two guys start fighting. When one guy's got the other guy down and can get to the chain that somehow will be suspended above the ring, he gets to use that chain, and he can use it any way he likes. So it's simple. Beat your opponent down, get the chain, and beat his skull in. You know, just like the cavemen used to do. The <laughs> oldest form of fighting there is. <laughs> That's what I wrote my eyes from. Fair enough, that is the oldest form of combat. <laughs> what the heck is he talking about? I don't know, man, but how is that the oldest form of combat? And dude, when he says, that, he's like, you know, get the chain. 
that'll somehow be suspended by the ring. It's like it just dawned on him that like <laughs> he doesn't know how. I have no idea. How Is it's it going to be like a ladder match? Is it going to be a pole? Yeah. What? Well, because a lot of these these backstage segments are pre-taped before the show, but this one is live because yeah. of what's about to happen. So they probably should pre-tape this and run through it a few because normally we've been putting over his promo skills really good, you know. But this one was one of those. Oh, could have used a little. Um, I don't know, editing beforehand or just giving him some, instead of a bullet point, give him the actual script, I guess. I don't know, man. This reminded me of that one back in like 99 and he was pacing around the ring and the, the one where Jericho debuted and called him boring. Yeah. Remember that one before? It reminded me of that one where he was just like kind of lost and didn't know what to say. It was, dude, this is the oldest form of combat. The oldest form of combat. <laughs> Grabbing a chain that's been suspended high in the air, Some above a ring, beating your opponent with it. <laughs> Nothing older than that. I believe that's in uh, the Book of Genesis. I think it's uh, yes. <laughs> the biker chain match. Yeah, uh, wrestling is, you know, the wrestling so, is in the Bible. Yes, the oldest is. sport, man. It's the oldest sport. <laughs> well, in fact, maybe this is the oldest sport. <laughs> <of combat. laughs> uh, we stand corrected. Thank you. Yeah, it right there. <laughs> well, then after that stupidity. Unfortunately, Taker, he undermines this match even more because he says, you know, the chain itself isn't really dangerous. It's the person swinging the chain that makes us dangerous. In this part of the match, you know, it's all about my entertainment. I don't really need the chain in there. And it's just like, I get what he's trying to say. I get he's trying to say, like, guns don't shoot, kill people. Like, I kill people. Like, he's trying to say, be scared of me or whatever. But it just... It's like, okay, why are we even doing a biker chain? Like, who? why do we even care right. if you're more dangerous than the biker chain? Man, it's yeah. like, that's that's kind of wrestling 101. Man, it's a rare slip-up from Taker, in my opinion. Yeah, it it's is. It's not good. No. Not at all. Uh, well, <laughs> Taz is confused as they're talking about this, because he's like, well, it seems like the person who would get the chain would win the match. And, and Taker's like, well, like I said, it's not really about the chain. <laughs> like... <laughs> What is happening? Uh, like I said, they should have done this in pre-tape, man. This is so bad. Yeah, and I don't know why they didn't just do like a chain match where they're tied to each other. Like that's what, right. like he said, that's what everyone thought it was going to be, and that would have been fine. Like I, I got no problem with a chain match or a strap no. match. That would have worked out better than what we're going to get too. But anyway, Cole ends up. Having to ask Taker about the true main event of No Mercy, ask him what he th- yeah. what he thinks is going to happen with Stephanie and Vince McMahon, and Taker kind of rambles and says, "You know, I'm hoping for Steph to win, but I feel like it's going to be a tough road ahead for her." And he's rambling, waiting for what's about to happen, which is Brock running in from out of nowhere. He's got his own biker chain, and he starts beating up Taker with it, Ooh. wraps the chain around Taker's neck, and drags him out to the ring. As we go to commercial and come back with these two guys fighting in the aisle way for the final go-home segment going into the pay-per-view. And they have another very, very, very long brawl out around the ring with this chain. And it's mainly Brock getting the upper hand on Taker. Yeah, Brock's kind of finally getting, like you said, the upper hand here. He's doing lots of choking. And, again, stuff you can't see nowadays, <clears throat> they can't choke anybody. Oh, so yeah, no, not like Brock's this. beating him, throwing him into the set. When Taker does fight back, the crowd pops, but um, choking him against the barricade and all that kind of stuff is crazy, man. Crazy, like, stuff that you, like I said, you wouldn't see nowadays. Lesnar, but... 
Well, <laughs> Lesnar yeah. ends up hanging Taker yes. with the chain over the pole, and it seems like Taker's working. St- or they working stiff here because Undertaker he literally turns blue. Like you see his face start to turn yeah. bluish purple from choking as he's trying to fight out and escape. It's pretty scary stuff. Yeah, I don't know if he was just like doing it well and holding his breath or what he's doing, oh, or if he's man. literally choking. I don't know, but it was it was kudos to both of them for making me feel like it was legit. You know, that's they, what we're supposed to feel. They brought the realism here. Yeah, but the crowd is really quiet for this man. Mm-hmm. and i think it goes back to the big show eddie guerrero beatdown, which happened just a little bit before this which yeah. was also a heel delivering a massive beatdown, and honestly kind of a better beatdown because it's more intense blood. with the car and the blood and stuff like i think they undercut themselves by yep. basically having the same segment back to back here Yep, absolutely, man. I don't know why it was written that way, but I don't know. Well, <clears throat> it's not over. Brock does not get the upper hand like Big Show did because even though he takes his shirt off to show he really means business, <laughs> Taker gets up and fights out of an F5 and gets another huge choke slam on Brock and for just the umpteenth time, man, ends up standing tall over Lesnar, man, as we go home to the show. Not one week has Brock gotten the upper hand on Taker uh, at the end of the show. So if you thought Undertaker had any chance going on this pay-per-view, I got some you bad news watch for wrestling. you. <laughs> yeah. It's just your first night watching, man. Yeah, it is, uh, it's crazy, man. And, like, this whole scene was a spectacle, but... It was. It's a... Uh, I could have used some more selling from Taker here. I mean, aside from the turning blue, like, just because even when he would get choked like that, he'd just start kicking, 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 punching out. Like, I don't know. Again, I'm trying to be a <clears throat> fair here, and we're obviously Taker apologists, but judging this for face value, it's like, this dude is Superman. Like, he you was. cannot put him down. Nothing. For eight weeks straight, he just, Brock gets nothing. Like, he can't stand tall at all, and it's just, it's not a way to build it. The, to this match, in my opinion, this is a, the worst build to their, their encounters that I've seen. Well, I don't know because we did have. <laughs> What's a, wrong? Maybe I'll take that back. Maybe the build is. I don't know. I can't. I don't know. I yeah, because we had the Sarah and the whatever. Yeah, Tracy. And Tracy. Oh, that's true. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I, I don't, don't know. know. Maybe man. this isn't the worst build. Fifty-fifty, right there. Who knows, man? But yeah, they'll take us that's to the pay-per-view. Yeah, it does. And again, we have no idea what the rules are for this match. Uh, nobody knows. But yeah, that'll take us to No Mercy 2003. This is on October 19th, 03, from the first Mariner Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, Baltimore, typically a WCW town. A lot of great yeah, American matches yeah. were held up True. there. So, um, And you know what? I could tell because this crowd wasn't as high <laughs> as I thought they were going to be yeah. with some of this stuff. So Not so much. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched this show live. I mean, I didn't watch it live, but I do remember renting it when it came out on DVD because I want—I was interested in this, seeing you know these two guys go at it again, and then I remember being interested in, uh, oh shoot, not the Vince one, but uh, Cena and Angle maybe. What was, yeah, that match, <laughs> and then whatever Benoit was doing. Uh, no, you weren't. He was no, facing A Train. <laughs> no, it was Cena and Angle. Cena and Angle. You're right. You're right. That's what it was. Uh, yeah, I'd never seen this match or this show at all until we watched it for this. I, I'm pretty sure I'd seen the the Vince and Stephanie 
match at some point. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, I suffered through that uh, for some reason. But yeah, had not ever seen this match, so I was definitely intrigued because obviously these guys had two of our favorite matches of this run mm-hmm. last year in a row. So I was excited to see them go at it again. Yeah, me too. And um, if you weren't, if you were unsure as to what the main event is, uh, you open up this show, the video package, where the entire focus. If this is a five minute video, let's say it is. Four minutes and twenty seconds are Vince and Stephanie. I mean, I don't know that it's five minutes. But I'm just saying that's the that's the amount. It's right, all Vince right. and Stephanie. Pictures from their childhood, all this stuff, blah blah blah. And then the last, like, let's say forty seconds is, oh yeah, by the way, we have Taker and Pocket Biker Chain match thrown at the end, man. But perhaps the highlight of this entire pay per view, to me, are we get a tail of the tape earlier in the night between Brock and Taker. You can kind of tell they're kind of filling time because here's the here's the, the hard part when you have a two-hour weekly show then you got to build to a three-hour pay-per-view you know you're using the same talent every week it's like well now we got to stretch out everything for an extra hour on a pay-per-view so anyway but my favorite part of this whole entire show is we get a graphic with the undertaker's keys to victory in the biker chain match okay we got three number one Throwing hands. Absolutely. <laughs> throwing with an apostrophe. Not throwing. Throwing hands. Oh, that's very different. Yeah, throwing hands. A lot more one. loose. You got to be looser when you're throwing oh, yeah. hands. You know. yeah. Key number two to victory. Veteran instincts. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yes. So, and then key number three, get the chain. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah, there you go. That's and a good game plan in my opinion. You get baby. to hear Cole and Taz overanalyze those for a few minutes so that they can kill time and then later on we get brought lesnar's keys to victory in the back of chain match number one grappler game uh which game is that the grappler game <laughs> is that so, on ps2 or xbox or? i think it was ps2 at this okay. time yeah the grappler game yeah i don't know yeah grappler game he's gonna use his grappler game i guess number two controlled anger Okay, correct. Why would you want controlled anger? Wouldn't you want uncontrolled anger so that you're just out there like an uncaged animal? I don't know. That was like the uh, name of this era that didn't catch on. It was like Vince's like storyboarding, ruthless aggression, uh, controlled <laughs> anger. <laughs> the controlled <Exactly>. anger era. <laughs> didn't nah, work. it's not, well, doesn't then, work. And then key number three is also get the chain. Mm. So, yeah. I don't know if any of you have kids listening. Have you ever seen the TV show Special Agent Oso? But uh, they say, like, here's a, here's three steps to make a cake. It's like uh, put the mix in the bowl, stir it, bake the cake. That's literally, like, how simple the things are. It's like how to drink through a straw. Put the straw in the cup, drink through a straw. Like, it's stupid like that. That's what I felt like watching this was, like, this is the worst three steps of anything I've ever heard in my life. It's so bad. So. Speaking of three, I think you've made the three most very hyper-specific <laughs> references you've ever made on this podcast with that, Kino from Ninja Turtles 2, and some off-the-rails third or Blind Melon songs I've never heard. <laughs> like, there's like oh. one person listening to this that's going to know each of those references, and, and oh, I, I applaud you for it. <laughs> that wasn't my goal. That no, happens. that was great. I love it. <laughs> Oh, anyway, Ugh. you know what I didn't love is yeah the true main event of the night Vince and Stephanie. 
we have, we won't spend too much time talking about it, but just to fill you in, because it is important, Stephanie loses to Vince McMahon in the first ever father-daughter match. When Linda throws in the towel after Vince is choking Stephanie out with a pipe. Mm. These are these are real family, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This really happened. And one of these people is in the White House right now. So uh Stephanie At least she threw in the towel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. She has, she can pat herself on the back for that. But <laughs> Stephanie loses and so she is out as general manager. Vince is continuing this evil slide into authoritarian power that the conscience of the WWE is not going to be too happy with, and that's all going to play into what we get to next week in our grand finale of this era. So, unfortunately, it's a very important thing that we have to talk about, but much more important is our main event for this week, the Biker Chain match, main event of this pay-per-view and we got Cole and Taz on commentary. We got a great video package as usual starting things off. And um, we've got some weird, terrible, terrible Limp Biscuit knockoff band, which is about <laughs> as low as it gets right there yeah, with the background say. music. <laughs> if you get a terrible Limp Biscuit knockoff, you know you're dragging the bottom, <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel. So, yeah. Tony Chimmel welcomes us after the video, though, and he gives us what I would like to say is our Broman of the week, you know, he gives us the rules here. He says that the first competitor to get the chain can use it on his opponent, and then we see the chain suspended on a pole in one corner of the ring. This is like the biggest pole of all poles. <laughs> it's, like, it's like 14 feet tall, and the chain is like, it looks like a... I don't know. It's like a string hanging there. It's so small. Yeah. Like, look this pole is so tall. It's enormous. It's so big. And um, again, ladies and gentlemen, Vince Russo is in Nashville writing for Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. But everyone wants to put him as the pole guy on the pole match, on a pole. Oh, no, 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 no. Not tonight. Yeah, not tonight. I'm excited, though. This is our first on a pole match for the recovery yeah. here. So. <laughs> Knock that one off the bingo list right there, or the, or the checklist of things we get to cover. Uh, Taker is riding out first, because he is the number one contender, not the champion. And Brock comes out second. The announcers are putting over the brutality of, of, of this chain match, where <laughs> we'll see how brutal it gets here. But yes, once again, folks, the rules are the first competitor to get the chain can use it on his opponent. That has nothing to do with winning the match. Nope. Keep that in mind. There's nothing connected with the chain and actually winning the match. And shouldn't there be some kind of rule where, like, the first the first opponent to get the chain is the only one that can use it on the opponent? Yeah. Because otherwise, it's like, what, if you and I are wrestling, I'll just let you get it. I can still use it on you. Yeah. There's no rush to get to it or not. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's if it's just fair game once it falls down off the pole, like who cares? You know, like who cares who gets it first? There's no drama in that. The first know? person to get it can use it, and so can the other person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so where's the drama in None. that? It's just oh man. We're, we're about to see. We're about to talk about yeah. it here. We are. Yeah, match starts, and Taker tries to go right after Brock in the corner, and Brock keeps kind of like bobbing and weaving and getting out of that. And eventually he gets the upper hand, though, and uh, start, they start throwing hands here. And um, 
Taker's firing back, and Cole says, you know, the Taker told him earlier today that he's in better, excuse me, better physical and mental shape than he was last year when he and Brock Lesnar met. So I do appreciate the attention to history and their, you know, and then their past there. So that yeah, was a nice little touch. I like that too because they also put over Lesnar is also a year older mm-hmm. and wiser from the last time they faced, so he's even scarier than they were in the Hell in a Cell. So nice to see them playing to that history. Uh, it's a very typical opening to a match here with Taker. They take their time kind of – well, actually, I will say that it, it it feels like they're taking their time a little bit because, yeah. you know, they've got a lot more time here than maybe they have in the past. So they're kind of feeling each other out, doing stuff in the corner. Taker's kind of slowly working over the left shoulder and the arm of Brock and starts to go for old school, but Brock pulls him down quickly off that – uh, Taker recovers, hits the old Hogan special, boot and leg drop. And here's my first problem with this <laughs> match, Travis. Immediately goes for a cover and gets the two count. So we we know Taker does that all the time, and we normally praise it and love it that he does that and tries to make these matches feel real. But why would he want to try to end this match two minutes into right. it before he even used the chain? Right. The like, whole point was that he got the biker chain match so that he could beat up Brock Lesnar. Yes. They pulverize him. And so, yeah, here he's going for a two count. It's probably just muscle memory. It he's is. Forgot, you know what I'm saying? Because he did but, it in the first Hell in a Cell against Shawn Michaels. And I remember talking about it. Like, yeah. Why? You've been trying to get Shawn Michaels where you can beat him up yeah. for months. Why are you trying to pin him two minutes into the match? Like, I, I don't yeah. get that. And another thing, why? It doesn't work because the crowd can't get into a near fall like that right. because they know this match isn't ending until someone gets that chain. So exactly. It's just, and it's going to keep happening, unfortunately, and it's going to yeah. really, in my opinion, ruin the match. Crowd's not going off the chain until the pole gets off the chain. Amen. <laughs> so, well, speaking of off the chain, The Undertaker hits a Magistral Cradle or Magistral yes. Cradle, however you want to say that. He, dude... He has been doing some jet, watching some Japanese tapes or some Lucha Libre or something. Yeah, innovator rock <laughs> page out of Canyon's book here. Yeah, rocking brought Lester in a Maestro cradle, trying to get, roll him up again. And Cold talks about how when Taker was younger, he was all about power and the power game, but now he's mixing it up and working a new style. So again, I do appreciate as much as we're crapping on kind of on stuff here on. I don't mean to crap on stuff. I do appreciate the little nuances and the attention to details and the changes in Taker style that we're, they are hitting on. So um, back to the match, though. We get some apron elbow, an apron elbow by Taker, and then Brock hits some knees and starts banging Taker's head into the apron because, you know, it's the hardest part of the ring, so it's going it to hurt the worst. For so. sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, also, we should point out, too, Taker's got this giant arm brace on his left arm. Right? Yeah. He's had it on a couple times before this during the buildup, but we haven't really mentioned it uh, on here. But obviously nursing some sort of injury in real life at this point, which is going to lead to him being absent for a little while here soon. But they're fighting on the outside, and Taker, he's using that strategy. He's using his keys to victory here. Checks off the first box on there and starts throwing hands uh, with Brock Lesnar. Hits uh, his running diving clothesline that we love. And gets another two count, as commentary tells us, reminds us, or tells us in the first place, that the match can end in pinfall or submission at any time, and you don't ever actually have to use the chain at any point in there. So, 
what are what, what are we here for? What, why are we doing this? What is the point? Yeah. yeah, what's the point? And then you're just you're ruining all the drama there. It doesn't make any sense. So, um, did you already mention that Brock does a perfect plex? Uh, no. They called it a perfect plex. He, but he it, grabs a leg, man. He grabs. A, he does the fisherman. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't do the. the he doesn't go for pin, the pin. No. Yeah. No, he doesn't do the bridging pin. He does a fisherman suplex, and I guess we'll call it. So yeah, um, Brock did a fisherman suplex, which is I don't remember him doing that. That's often, true. So yeah, yeah, I did like that. So yeah, you're right. It wasn't really a perfect plex because he doesn't bridge. But anyway, it was neat to see something different there. But uh, Taker getting a hope spot and. Um, Crotches himself on the top rope, and Brock's ducking. As, excuse me, because Brock ducks a boot to the corner, and then, but then Taker kind of weasels him in and gets an apron stunner on Brock. Um, but then Brock's gonna knock him off the apron, and uh, like he's like you already mentioned, you know, this is where the the commentary is like, you know, you don't have to get that uh, that that chain, you know, actually, because we kind of hear it rattling over there on the pole and stuff as the ring is shaking, and it's just, it's just so dumb. <laughs> it's just, it's it just a wrestling match. Then there just happens to be a chain hanging there if you want to use it. So it's just stupid. Yeah, it's like they felt like they had to have an extra stipulation on there and, and tagged it on at the last minute without really having it work into the match mm-hmm. or having last man for standing it. or something would have been great. Um, or just a, like we said, a chain match where they're actually tied to yeah. each other here. So then Taker makes the first move towards the chain. And that guy kind of wakes the crowd up. They're starting mm-hmm. to see. Okay, we know we're going to start. To, we're going to see some action here. He heads up to the top to try to climb up this giant pole, and then the <laughs> lights go out mysteriously. They go out for a few seconds, and when they come back on, Sabu is in the. Oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> that would have been, that been awesome, actually. Uh, Taker has mysteriously dropped down to the mat. He goes to climb up again, but Brock's able to stop him at this point. So I guess we're supposed to assume that that's Mr. McMahon turning the lights out to try and screw with Undertaker here. Right. It's that or they didn't get that generator like they didn't have back at the Beware of Dog Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's only well, two um, explanations. Exactly. Well, Brock gets a power slam for two and then rolls out and throws the ring steps in the ring and then uh taker starts headbutting him and taker i do appreciate this though when taker's headbutting brock he's actually taker's selling the headbutts as well mm. he's kind of shaking it off and like you know like it hurts him too so again i never thought i would say look at taker to see how you sell but you do and um he clotheslines uh brock over the top rope like i was mentioning earlier how brock just flies over the top rope lands he just has no regard for his body he lands it. like on his neck and yeah just and the crowd pops for that man they finally like uh pop for a move in the match so and then take is going to do something that's completely out of left field here <laughs> he just out of nowhere <laughs> takes brock lesnar over to the steps on the outside Flips him up and hits a god dang pile driver <laughs> onto the steps. And Not a tombstone. No, just a straight up Lawler pile driver. And the crowd starts chanting, holy bleep. And yeah. I start on my couch chanting, holy bleep. Because that was friggin' out of nowhere. And it's awesome. I'm not sure who it hurt more. They now just no. say it, but it, dude, it looked ugly for Taker, too. It, mm-hmm. He landed real awkward off that. And. I don't know where I came from. I have no idea, man. He just made that up. Brutal. Yeah, it looked rough, man. But it was gross. But then Taker's going to head up for the the chain again, and Lesnar's going to stop him and get under his shoulders. And 
Taker's going to somehow, like, he's, like, riding piggyback on him, kind of, and Taker's going to turn this into, like, a reverse triangle hold over the top rope. Um, but if there are no, are there, are there rope breaks? Well, yeah, there are rope breaks. It says we'll there are submissions, minutes, so. yeah. Yeah, so, uh, but he kind of lets go just seconds later. I guess it's because it's a rope break, so, anyway, but Brock's got an answer for that, so. He does, damn, the old trust of Death Valley blow works every time, and. <laughs> Lesnar, he gets the steps into the ring. He tosses them in there and runs Taker over with the steps. He goes for a cover and Taker kicks out. And uh, Brock does our favorite thing normally, uh, which is he goes for another cover, but Taker kicks out again. But again, in this match, it's so silly that we're doing all these pinfalls without the chain even coming into play in the match. It's just taking you out of it because you know... Despite what they say, you know nothing's going to happen until the chain gets involved in, in the match. So uh, it's just it never quite click, click, clicks. What? It never quite clicks into gear here. <laughs> You're going click, 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 click. <laughs> I can't click into gear. God dang. We get more uh, more fisticuffs from these two guys, and then Brock's going to go up for the chain, and Taker grabs him from underneath in the last ride position, but Brock drops over his head. And then we get the big double down spot, is and then uh, they actually both get up at the count of eight, and you'd think the crowd will be chanting, you know, with the referee, but they're really not because again the match isn't going to end like that. They know not to expect the ending here, so they start trading punches in the middle, and then Taker wakes up and gets a snake eyes, a big boot, and he does his old pose for the choke slam. And I just wrote my notes at this point: the crowd's not into this, nope. <laughs> even for a choke slam coming. It's so. very very quiet here, Taker. He had sitting his moves of doom here as he whips Brock into the corner, hits some running clotheslines, hits the snake eyes, hits the big boot, uh, all that good stuff. He um, Brock goes, yeah, look, he gets out of the choke slam, hits the spine buster on Taker, mm-hmm. and goes for cover, but Undertaker slips it into the triangle hold to no reaction from the crowd. Yeah, I just wrote, I guess the crowd's in a triangle hold, too, because they must be asleep. Nothing. That move hadn't gotten over yet as far as it being a finisher yet. You know, we kind of saw it out of nowhere, and he's done it a few times uh, since then in matches, but um, they didn't care here. It's just, it's kind of an awkward transition, and and it's, yeah, like you said, it's just not over yet. It just, it's, I guess it's kind of hard to see to what yeah, he's actually it twisting it into a submission and he'll get a lot better at that when yeah. he turns it into the hell's gate and gets a lot more over and it's also i think too this is 2003 i mean the ufc and mma are not as over as they Mm-mm. become later on so a lot of people still don't understand that move yet but right anyway he holds it on there for a while but lesnar really cool he just basically lifts Taker up and power bombs out of it, like mm-hmm. like Matt Hughes used to do in the UFC, and yeah, uh, scoops Taker up. But Taker ends up turning that into the old TCB. <laughs> uh, so we get into a series of reversals here. Brock reverses out of that and gets Taker up for the F5 and actually connects with that one. Goes for the pin, but Taker gets his foot on the bottom rope to stay alive. He does, man, and I just noted now when when that happens and Taker, I guess you know he's he's not covered. I there were some boos from the crowd at that point, man. It was um, I don't know move. if they were, yeah, I don't know if they're booing that Taker didn't win or if they're just like this match sucks, boo. <laughs> like Maybe it's not over yet, boo. So who knows? But um, Brock's gonna go for the the chain here, and Taker's gonna stop him with a 
chokeslam off the top rope. Oh, it's yeah. just is sick, man. And Brock just bounces off the canvas, man, like he's spanky or something. It's crazy. And then, But then, rather than pin him, like he has been the entire match, going for pins, Taker's going to finally climb up and go for the chain, and the crowd's waking up now. They know this got to be the end coming. You know, the end is near. But then, our favorite Bureau of Investigation is going to run out to investigate this match, and the FBI come in. Oh, the pizza's here. The delivery's come. <laughs> Italians are out. And as usual, Taker makes short work of these guys. <laughs> tosses them like pizza dough out of the ring. Doesn't give them a tip. Sends them out of here. And it's it's just so out of nowhere. The only main event these guys have ever been in, I believe. But yeah. uh, Brock goes for the F5 again off the distraction. And Taker counters... He hits the last ride on Lesnar and makes another mistake. Two in a row here after yeah. going for pins this whole time. He just kind of waits around for a while and then instead of pinning Lesnar or going for the chain even, he just runs and hits the old flying cow splash onto the <laughs> FBI. And it looked awesome and the crowd popped, but it's really friggin' dumb in the context of this match. It just Undertaker yeah. straight up looks like an idiot. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, man. He does. He does. It doesn't look, uh, psychology-wise, doesn't make any sense, you know? He's already manhandled these dudes. He doesn't need to fly over there. It was simply just to, let's wake the crowd up. <laughs> like, yeah. like, let's get my crap in here. And uh, like he doesn't sell this match, or doesn't sell this move, really, even. He did, does it like he's Seth Rollins, and then just pops right back up. And um, he goes over to... to um, in the ring, and Nunzio is climbing the pole to get the chain, who I guess this match is some, sometimes it's no DQ, sometimes it, I don't know, I don't know what the deal is, but right. is going to grab it, and Taker knocks him off flat on his back, all the way down to the uh, outside, and then Taker grabs the chain. Match over. Oh, oh. wait. No. Wait. Not quite. <laughs> because we haven't seen Mr. McMahon yet. Yeah. <laughs> As he pops up out of nowhere... I guess he was hiding under the ring or came up out of the crowd. I don't know. But he pushes Taker crotch first onto the top rope as the overbooking of this continues. And the man who grabbed the chain does not get to use it. Brock has the chain now. Wraps it around his fist. Nails the Undertaker with it. And pins him and retains the title as Vince runs away. That's it. That's all, folks. That's how it ends after 24 minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah, we see a replay, and it shows Vince coming out from under the ring there. Oh, okay. So, okay. yeah, Michael Cole tells us that Brock and Vince have shown no mercy to anyone tonight, you know, because we got to get that pun in there. But, of um, course. It, yeah, Vince, uh, I wish they would have shown us some mercy and just not done this match or not have Vince involved, but it's going to play into the long game, like we've been saying, and wrap up this biker-taker era. But, um. You know what? One thing I will say, I'm mean, look at the positive here. We tried to do that. Is yeah. I do appreciate that Taker got pinned after one punch with the chain. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. Like, it wasn't like punch, F5 on the chain, kick out, punch again. Like, it was just like, boom, show the devastation there. You know, I kind of I like that. It I can just, see that. That was it. Yeah. And, I um, mean, both guys worked hard. They, sure. There was some fun stuff in there i would say especially towards the end some fun stuff for the finishing sequence we got a big dive from taker but 
you know, you can talk about the positives. I would not call that a good match by Mm-mm. any means. Oh, it's no. just totally hampered by the weird psychology at play. And yeah, some shoddy psychology. It's a shame because we've seen these two guys have a couple of great matches, and we've seen Taker have so many good matches on TV during this run, and it just sucks that on pay-per-view we don't get that. We get robbed of that because had this just been a straight singles match where Brock cheats to win and uses the chain, that would have that this yeah. match would have been fine. It would have been yeah. really fun and. Unfortunately, like I said at the top of the show, I think it falls in there with the rest in peace match with Giant Gonzalez and the final curtain match with Goldust as just stipulations that were just <laughs> there and didn't really matter at all. And just, unfortunately, the worst of their three matches we've seen so far. Lesnar and Taker, that is. Oh, by far. By far, yeah. Absolutely the worst one. You know, and I think it's because, um, well, let's see. He, he, he checked off throwing hands. He did. Checked off, he checked off his veteran instincts right. about going for the pin early, and he, he got the chain. He so did get the chain. I, I guess they were wrong. Those weren't the keys to victory. No. So. Every good game the plan, key, you know, it can, only, it can always fall apart. Well, those secret option four, which was uh, let Vince get involved on your behalf. <laughs> and, and he didn't choose that. That will always get the win <laughs> yeah. right there. Exactly. Well, uh, folks, you've heard our opinion. We want to hear yours. Hit us up on social media at Talking Taker, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let us know if you liked this match more than we did, what your thoughts on it were, all that good stuff. <laughs> Surprise me. <laughs> if you would watch The McMahon Show starring Steffi <laughs> on the uh, WWE Network Extreme, the Uncensored yeah. Network. <laughs> Too hot for TV section uh, yeah. with Jerry Springer. Bring it on, people. But uh, we always love to hear that. So hit us up and subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on there as well. Let us know. I uh, want to hit up a few housekeeping notes from last week's episode uh, that we didn't mention or that came up after then. My buddy Robert Cooler uh, over here uh, on my side of town used to go to church with and work alongside he posted on Facebook something that I totally forgot to mention on last week's show. He said, A-Train hitting Taker with the 2x4 was, uh, and, and the match they had was all garbage, but some of the shenanigans were funny during that buildup. And then the SummerSlam slump... The SummerSlam slump... <laughs> going back to the McMahon show there for a minute. Uh, the SummerSlam song... Was do you remember what it was, Travis? Um, it's not on the network. Ooh, it's not. Uh, then no, I don't. Is it Puddle of Mud? Mm, no, 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 no. Mm. Saint Anger by Metallica. <gasps> Saint Anger around my <laughs> neck. Oh my goodness, I hate that song. Ah, I did too. But he <laughs> he reminded us of that, and that it's another Good music heavens. edit on the network. Totally forgot that, but I remember oh. that being played over and over yes. and over again on TV. Well, it's Metallica. There's no way they're gonna let that go on the network. They, they didn't. We were on Napster for like 14 years. <laughs> too shit. So, yeah. Point. Golly, that song blows, man. And uh, another one of our friends, Jay Stanley, we've mentioned him on the show a bit. He texted me and was just agreeing with us that that A-Train stuff was brutal. There was nothing positive about A-Train and said he actually, he was comparing A-Train with Baron Corbin in our text with each other and saying 
he would take uh, he would take Corbin over A Train. It's calling A Train the worst, and I I don't know, right. man. That's a pick'em in my opinion. I don't know. I agree. I think. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you've always you've always been an undercover Corbin fan. <laughs> what? You are, man. <laughs> I liked him in NXT exactly. when he had a gimmick was like, let's count how fast his matches can be. That was be. cool. I, like I don't want to see him work for 25 minutes against Seth Rollins in the main event. <laughs> or uh, any main event. He's winning the title next month, isn't he? Uh, without question. Oh, God. Uh, anyway. Can you imagine if he's the champ on one show and Shane McMahon is on the other show? They're like purposely <laughs> driving people to AEW. It's, it's yeah. bizarre. Anyway. Well, one no, of our... they, they hit that Undertaker button. Boop. Ratings are low. <laughs> That's right, man. Bring him back. Uh, yeah, well, oh, God, I can't. Uh, I'm stuck. My brain just exploded thinking about all that. But anyway, folks, uh, another shout out to one of our fans, Polly Richards, on Twitter. I uh, did a quick little giveaway for a new Taker Easy shirt. Feeling generous this past weekend, and he won it. So you got to stay tuned to us on social media. We like to give stuff away sometimes, so look out, Polly. We're going to be sending that out your way Polly. soon. A uh, couple people did comment about this week's matchup. Uh, the Downturn Podcast said Paul Heyman doing the old Vince Russo book in here with the yeah, on pole match. <laughs> and uh, yeah. he said he had no idea why Vince interferes. It's never really explained, uh, but I think we'll get to it next week yeah. here on the show. And then Randy Turco, he replies, not really talking about the match, but something else during this time was this WrestleMania 19 game for the GameCube. You remember this game at all? I, rem- I never played it. I remember our friend Tyler had it, um, or, or he had GameCube. He had a GameCube, but I don't I don't remember. I remember him and Kevin renting this game like on a weekend, but like those are guys who watch WrestleMania 18 with. Um, I never played this game. I wouldn't... You're about to tell us what the plot is. I had no idea. It sounds like backstage assault. Yeah, you just gotta go look it up on Twitter. This has the most bizarre storyline mode I've ever heard of in this game. (laughs) It looks fantastic. We might need to play it sometime. Maybe. (laughs) I shun GameCube. I shun Nintendo because GameCube was a disc. I feel like I'm not even sure if I've ever even played a GameCube game in life. One Zelda game on it one time. Yeah, that's it. So. Well, anyway, folks, if you had that one, let us know about it if you enjoyed it, if you played it out there. and uh, Of course, we're trying to push up to 2,000 followers on Twitter, so if you can help us rise above that and share this podcast with your friends and fellow wrestling fans, we will drop you a bonus episode with another Royal Rumble retro watch-along covering either 91, 92, or 93 that we skipped along the way. We'll, we'll go back to it and cover it since we've had fun doing it once we get over 2,000 followers. So go ahead and help us out with that. Get you a bonus show. And folks, we're going to keep this motorcycle rolling, rolling, rolling on to the last ride. Up to next week's episode. It is the This week is the penultimate match of the yes. Biker Taker era. If you can believe it, folks. Episode 99 next week. We're going to, after all this time, after all these months, we're going to close out the Biker Taker era. We're going to bury it alive. As mm-hmm. Vince McMahon takes on The Undertaker and buries him six feet under. Uh, how do we get to this point, man? It's like, talk about limping to the finish line. It's crazy. A-Train, Biker Chain, and Vince McMahon. 
Vincent Maine. Yep. Vincent Maine. <laughs> a train, back a chain, Vincent Maine. Well, we'll be talking about that Survivor Series 2003 next week. I've never seen that one either, so it'll be interesting to uh, check that out. But I want to give you guys this heads up, folks. We will close out the Biker Taker era next week. We'll hit some loose ends. We'll cover that match. We'll cover some stats and figures and interesting side notes about the Biker Taker era. And you and I, Travis, we will do as we did with the original Dead Man era. We will give you our top 10 matches of this era from June 2000 through November 2003, our top 10 pay-per-view Undertaker matches. We'll go back and forth with those. We will let you guys vote on your top 10. So listeners, start thinking about that run. Go back and look at the match list. Go back through our archives and start thinking about what your top 10 of this era was because we'll do a fans vote as well. And we'll let you guys vote on who you think has the better top 10 between us. So we're excited to do that. Next, that was fun. Uh, to oh, deal yeah. with the last one. And, uh, I'm, it was crazy how different they were. They were, man. I've, I've been thinking, I've got my preliminary list. You know, maybe next week's match might sneak in there. Who knows? I'll leave a spot open <laughs> for it just in case. But yeah. my top three, I, I know what they are, but they keep changing in order. I, I don't know which, which one is that. If you ask me on a different day, I keep going back and forth what my number one is. There you go. I don't. I to be honest with you, I don't even have a clue. So I'm, I'm interested to go back and research and look at all of them. And, see so uh, there's none of them that there are a couple of them that stand out but not as many as the first go around mm, uh, yeah. when we did this first time there's so many it's like that's it that's it that's it that's it some of these i'm gonna have to really sit and think about so i feel like he had better matches on television yeah and there, in this era I, I, we could include tv ones but then it could start getting out of control and you know but our i guess our, our podcast is about the pay-per-view matches so i think we got to stick with those Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I feel like he had better TV matches in this era, whereas yeah, in the earlier era, he had better matches on pay-per-view and not as good ones on TV. So it's weird. It's a good point. It's weird. Anyway, well, ladies and gentlemen, another good point was that if you were there at No Mercy in the first Mariner Arena in Baltimore, Maryland, maybe you thought you went to Great American Bash, and that's why you were so asleep and you were upset and that's it. had no idea what was happening. You're like, wait, isn't that a... Is the Punisher or what's me, Mark Callis? <laughs> Where's the heart punch? And maybe you were just wondering what was going on. You were thinking that you were at the bash, but also anyway, just woke up out of a coma. <laughs> hey, it can happen. <laughs> it can happen. So, um, anyway, if you were there, let us know what you thought. What did you think about the main event? And then what did you think about this match as well? Because we all know this. What did you think about the main event? What did you think about this match as well? Because we all know this wasn't the main event, even though it was the main event. It wasn't the main event in their eyes. So, yeah, let us know what you think, ladies and gentlemen. We will see you on next week's episode 99. Take it easy. When you're driving light of what take your favorite private part It's Love and Show It's a place where they can come together Look at the hands on this chicken head Grab the girls on trampolines Back to losing those